Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Rich Klein. We're going to have an episode about the recent news of the National Sports Collectors Convention being canceled, actually, for 2020, along with a lot of other things that have been canceled, but that we had hope that perhaps there would be an opportunity for a national in December, which I think would have been very interesting, but perhaps not as safe as most people would like dealers and collectors and corporate sponsors. So I think John Brogy did the right thing, and Rich and I are going to bat that around and talk about the implications of that and generally affirm that 2020 is not a lost year for the hobby, but it's a, a lost year for the actual national. We actually have some virtual national action that we had. We'll talk about that. But first, thanks, sponsors. Top Spinning the Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sport Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Welcome, Rich. You Thank heard the news. You may have even heard the news before I did heard the news, but I got notified uh, a little while ago that the, the national was off, completely off for this year. That means no national on the East Coast. And for me, as, I, as I've written, it was personally a very sad thing because I have not been to New Jersey since my father passed in 2006. So it was gonna, I was going to piggyback a couple days, see some friends. Hey, I'm going to be in town. I'd like to see as many people as I can, see some friends, see some family, maybe even drop in a hobby store or two up in North Jersey. It would have been really... A really cool thing to do. So on a personal level, yeah. I was very disappointed. On a professional level, I really think with the way the hobby's been flying, this could have been the best Atlantic City show ever. And even though Atlantic City has its challenges in getting there, if you're coming from anywhere outside the Acela Corridor, I think a lot of people would have made the effort this year. And it's, I, it's a I, tough call. I agree, except that uh, part of the COVID uh, challenge is that traveling, and especially traveling across uh, states and into certain areas, is uh, a lot of people are nervous about that. And I think you could anticipate they probably still will be nervous as we approach December. But hopefully we'll get all that behind us in 2020 and, and keep it safe. But does this mean we're not going to have an East Coast, a national located in Atlantic City for another four and a half years? That could very well be. I know... Brian Gray batted around live on one of his interviews that you should do Atlantic City in March or April and then Chicago in July. Now, hmm. that would be a logistical nightmare trying to do two nationals in a year. But I don't think that's the worst idea in the world is to do something big depending on what happens. For example, Jimmy Ryan, who does a great job with the shows in Westchester County, had to cancel all his White Plains shows for the year because the White Plains Convention Center has been designated yeah. a backup hospital. Right. And so we, there's no East Coast, there's no way you're going to have any shows in White Plains unless a vaccine or a treatment pops up in the next month or so. And so yes. you're, so you, we could definitely use a big show on the East Coast. Well, no, there are big shows there, but the stamp of the national being there and all the emphasis with all the corporate sponsors and being a must attend situation. My hope was when I talked to John Brogy <laughs> a few months ago when this decision to try for December, as I thought that would be wonderful if December worked as a, as a time of the year, which I don't think it really does work that well, especially not the 12th to the 16th, which is what they had planned. That's getting a little too close to, to Christmas, I think. But with the national once a year and not being on the West Coast almost ever, and now the East Coast is going to have another long dearth. If you did two a year, March is probably a little better weather than February or January or December. But the hobby is so strong right now, having only one national a year, seems like there'd be an opportunity to expand it. The last time the hobby was as strong was the late 80s, early 90s. And I know about 93, 94, just before the baseball strike, there was a beginning to be a push by some of the leading promoters to do what they call the Southwest National, the West Coast National. Wanda Marcus, God rest her soul, did the Southwest National in Arlington, I think July of 94, like a month before the baseball strike. It's 
a, was a really good idea. Four or 500 table shows, not as big as the national, but shows where you could have them on a regional basis with known promoters. They knew the dealers. They knew how to get people to come. They had their uh, significant mailing lists. That would, that is something similar to what I think you're thinking of is that, okay, maybe not the national, but even if it's a, slightly condensed version of regional national, maybe 500 tables instead of a thousand. You're talking about a throwback to the old days where there were, uh, where there was a show circuit of shows that in that time frame, late 80s, early 90s, they started getting pretty robust with an awful lot of tables and uh, competitive with, with a national show. And, and there were the shows that, that you and I hit. And uh, is is that on the horizon for us in I this day could, and age where we're dealing could, with we're, we're dealing with virtual? Uh, I think it could be Kyle Robertson here in Dallas before this had 300 table shows. Yeah, he can do a, he can still do 150, 200 tables where he was 300 before. If he, if Kyle can put off a 300 table show, I, I think you can pull off a 400, 500 table show. Here's the other problem that I had is that you know if you have a 500 table show. Uh, I'm not sure all, well, I'm positive all 500 tables are not equally worthy of being there, but again, I guess they pay their money and, and they do that. The problem is what happened in the nineties is that there got to be so much demand for dealers to be at these shows that it upped the ante for these promoters. They could no longer do even a medium sized hotel. It'd be a very large hotel because they needed a huge ballroom. And then obviously for the national, they needed a convention center. And I was hoping we could go the other way with more quality, some vetting perhaps of dealers that you had a, a cross section where you had some older cards, some newer cards. And uh, in the Waters Creek location you're talking about, if you put 200 tables in there, it's going to be very spacious and there'll be lots of social distancing, very wide aisles. But that venue, if you put 500 tables in there, it's, it's going the opposite direction of where the society's going. And uh, well, what did you think about these, uh, these virtual Toronto, the expo up there had a virtual aspect, the hobby Palooza, as well as uh, Jeff Wilson's uh, virtual national. I honestly did not go. So I can't really tell you, but I think it's a great idea. I know a lot of people did very well at those. You're able to show your merchandise. And I think there were, according to what I heard, there were also some, a lot of customers did not totally understand the concept either. And so there's a little bit of training involved into what needs to be done at a virtual, at a virtual show. Almost like a, a FAQ is needed. Hey, before you attend the show, do all these things first. Also, those virtual, I think each of the three, I dabbled in each one of those. And it seemed like there was less of an, we, you and I were back in the day when the national was a, a get together of the community of the key people. And it wasn't like the Hawaii trade show, but there was some time for socializing, for playing softball like we did, for playing, for having seminars, which we did. And these virtual shows have not the softball, <laughs> but a lot of uh, they had a lot of uh, speakers and panels and things like that. And Beckett Media's Industry Summit is going virtual. Same thing. They're going to be uh, so. There's less of an emphasis on I can't leave my table. I've got to be selling or buying as opposed to uh, interacting uh, with uh, 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 shorter talks. I think there's a lot to be said for the social element of the shows. I think that's something that is missing in today's national. It got squeezed out. It got squeezed out. It got squeezed out with the pursuit of the financial gain of every hour you're at the show, you're expecting to bring in hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, whatever you're not budget, but you not quota, but you have an expectation to make the most of that finite amount of time when you're there in that environment and to take an hour or two off to go uh, watch it go somewhere. On the other hand, if there was a live real life national and there was a seminar going on at the same time, a webinar or something, and it was pertinent and relevant to the show, right? There are some people that could download it. They, right. they could stream it on their phone or their iPad, and they could sit behind the table and uh, deal with customers and yet still keep up with what's going on. And I know from personal experience, the last two years, 
B.A. Murray's been gracious enough to invite me as his guest to the PSA registry lunch. It's a really cool thing to go to. And yeah, but B.A. last year really felt, okay, I've got back to my table. He got through, we ate our meal, we got through yeah. all the responses. And then he says, Rich, do you mind? But we go back to the thing. No, I don't mind. B.A., you brought me here. If you need to go back, go right on back. But yes, such unique stuff. And yet, if you have uh, 33 hours of selling time, you, you don't want to give up one or two of them unless it's for a really good reason. And, uh, and he, he thinks that's a really good reason to keep him. Perhaps. I mean, I'm, I deal with the same thing of when you go to the national, how do you allocate your time? But it seems like it's mainly being in the room. In fact, the other, there are a lot of collectors that have to make a choice for how much time they want to spend in the autograph lines. Oh, yeah. And, you and know, that can be a significant percentage of the time. But the lines are not well managed. When I go to the national, you used to talk when you were running back about all the different hats you wear. The hats I'm wearing the last few years going to the national, I'm repping for Com C on the floor. I'm looking for stuff to buy so I can resell it as a dealer. I'm looking for donations for a Dot Haverim from a Dot Haverim show. And there's a couple other things. I'm also looking to say hi to people who I may not get, I only get to see once a year, now once every two years. And so I'm juggling all these balls too. And so are you, because there are people who expect to see you. Yeah. There, there are cards you like to buy. And there's also, where am I going, you know, where am I going to go? And then you also have people who want to, you know, see you outside the show floor too. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's, it's a, a very good, good thing. Have, but it's, it's just their constraints. And uh, you would hope that the uh, technological advances uh, would, uh, in fact, what they've done perhaps now is offer up additional choices of how to spend time because it's hard to do two things at well, once. It's hard to look at you. I can watch TV and look at cards. I can maybe talk to somebody while they're, we're both looking at cards and have some, it can't be an emotional heart to heart conversation, but it can be a little bit of a catch up. But there's just, they're limited to what, what time you have in that one shot. Do you realize, of course, Beckett Publications pioneered the whole concept of, of virtual cards at the National. You realize we used to work with the dealers at some of the shows when you were still the owner about selling their cards through the Beckett Marketplace or through Beckett Auctions during the National. So in a sense, 20 years right, ago, right. we were actually anticipating vir the virtual world of the day. That was probably Mark Harl's idea, yeah. but we were anticipating that 20 years ago. If that really, and I suspect that was Mark's idea. It probably was, but that was pre-broadband in right. a sense that it wasn't going to be as, uh, it's, it's better to be there now. Do you think that these virtuals have shown people that if the technology takes another leap in next late July, early August, that people are going to stay home and go to the national virtually? No, I think that's I, I, I don't. I don't think so, because part of being at the national is seeing everyone, is the actual seeing. Hi, Jim. Hi, well, Rick. you're talking about the veterans. If there are that many new people that have come into the... So let's adopt that narrative that, that the last six months with cards going up so much, it's because a whole bunch of people have come into the hobby that have been either dormant or whatever for a long time. Some of them are going to go to the national next, next summer, but a bunch of them might not, but they might want to check it out because they're in a, they're in a learning move, they're in a mood, they're in a, they're in an acquisition mode. How about it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for PSA 10 or BGS 9.5 LeBron James rookies, you can get those if, if they're available. You don't have to go to the national. You don't have to go to the national. But if you're looking to just collect all sorts of LeBron James cards or all sorts of Fernando Tatis Jr. cards, that's where going to a national, or even if, if you're starting to look for vintage guys, that's where going to the national and digging in a little, you can really learn a lot more.
It's what we think about, uh, again, the popular thought is that PSA, uh, that uh, the COM-C is for cards that are below a certain threshold. And I believe you're, you know, the, the COM-C is trying to say, no, if you send us whatever, we'll, we can auction off uh, directly on eBay. We can take care of it. But the national is the same way. If you won't go to a national the, or any big show is where you have a chance to physically look at a box of cards. And that's hard to do online you can, when cards get below a certain point, And yet... There's cards there that you would want to buy, I would want to buy, and I guess we could have looked through ComC. I do look through ComC, but there are uh, better deals sometimes in the disorganization uh, and the, the fun of having a, a box of cards that's unsorted. I look through so many cards, ID and cards for ComC. I don't really look through ComC because I see them coming in. <laughs> you get paid to look at cards. Yes, at ComC. Okay. Yes. That's a good positive note to end on. I think Rich is getting paid to, and some of it's hard work and earned hard work from a, a life of, of studying these things. But uh, the national, I just, like I said, I'm really sad that it's not going to be on the East Coast. And I'm sad it's not going to be on the West Coast, but I'm not in charge. I just would like to see a way that there could be, uh, and I'll, I'll accept your friendly amendment if there were a, a representative, really outstanding West Coast show every fall, winter, and a, and an East Coast that would be early spring, that would be terrific. And the, Toronto's already doing that with May and November, and I was all set to go, and I'm not going to go even this November, but maybe next May I'll go. So, again, great hobby. It's the greatest. Rich, enjoyed uh, having the journey with you, and I hope we're journeying to Chicago with smiles on our faces next summer. Best to the John Brogy and the national crew, Etta and everybody, that uh, tough decision, but uh, we support you, and we will be there next summer.